Hey folks, welcome to the first 1099 episode of 2021. I want to thank you all for your patience as I start up this new season. As you can imagine, getting by in the middle of a pandemic has been quite tough. Uh, there's lots of health concerns, a lot of hustle to stay employed, and just a, a lot to deal with, you know? In fact, if you're the praying or sending positive thoughts type, I know I'd appreciate any kind thoughts you can muster for my family who's going through a tough time right now. If you and yours are going through the ringer lately, I want you to know that you're in my thoughts as well. One note about this week's episode, I'm chatting with Veselikov, the developer of Umurangi Generation, a beautiful game about the power of photography and the end of the world. My chat with Ves was, to put it mildly, a fantastic one, that they're the kind of person who has clearly translated a lot of their lived experiences as a Maori person living in Australia to the game itself, uh, ruminating on neoliberalism's impact on the world in the wake of Australian bushfires and subsequently the COVID-19 pandemic, plus giant robots and penguins and kaiju and all that. So in this conversation, You'll hear Vess's thoughts on how neoliberalism, fascist groups like QAnon, and capitalism influenced his world and the world of Umarangi Generation. Uh, if that world of giant robots, kaiju, and apocalyptic storytelling fascinates you, this is going to be a great chat that you'll want to listen to. That said, I want to give you guys a heads up. While editing the show, I discovered what appeared to be some pretty bad audio glitches, and despite my best efforts to fix it, there wasn't any saving the portions that got garbled up. So, you're going to notice a few random transitions that maybe won't make sense, like how the hell did they go from talking about bushfires to QAnon? I think the meat of the conversation is still fantastic though so i appreciate your understanding that these things just happen every once in a while without further ado here's the show gentlemen welcome to the 1099 as always i am your host joseph noop and i want to thank you all for being so patient over the holiday break i hope you guys had a wonderful time uh, spin it with those you care about and despite an unsurprisingly hectic start to the year i hope you guys are staying safe perhaps in these days when we're staring down a few pandemics uh, riots in the capital and good old climate change we become transfixed by games that explore the end of the world, though we've definitely always had a fascination with the end times. Uh, Umarangi Generation is a game that puts you in the shoes of a modest photographer being shuttled along from one end, uh, from one front of the end times to the next, and you should absolutely play it as it's one of 2020's best narrative experiences, and that is why I'm so honored to have uh, the developer, uh, commonly known on the internet as Veselikov. Uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um... Man, yeah, 2020, we all just uh, went through that, and um, what a and year. 2021 is just New Game Plus at this point, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the funniest image I saw where it was like, you know, it's January 20, uh, uh, December 31st, 2020, and then yeah. like the calendar rolls over, it's <laughs> December 32nd. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, man, um, I, I think, the thing I think a lot about with 2020, I was like, this was, I think, 
the year where like a lot of what I guess the last 10 to 20 years people have been talking about uh, like really accelerated a lot of things like mm-hmm. the, the thing I always think is like um, all these zoom meetings and stuff right like yeah you know like tech companies and that have been trying to the idea of like a uh, you know fully long work for ages so they can cut down on costs and now like the pandemic even though many um, so the employees have to like work from home or, or um, you know like totally cut down on everything and like contractors and saying like yeah you you know you're a different class yeah. of worker uh that you're a little more expendable and yeah yeah uh, I mean, it's 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 very interesting because like before i made games um i was like working at a university and i keep in contact with you know um other academics stuff who it was like um tell tell your listeners because it's 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 an <laughs> So, in I think it was the '90s or early 2000s, um, John Howard, who was just one of Australia's like really famous right-wing politicians, um, he was the prime minister at the time, and he said universities have to start running themselves like a business. Um, and you know the problem with that is, if you're a business, um, you'll literally give anyone a degree at that point because yeah. if you fail students, that means your business fails, right? I've never I've never met a professor who wasn't willing to uh, fudge your grades a little so you can pass, you know. Yeah, well, well there's that. And then there's like um, one of the things Australians, you know, Australia's universities are really going through an issue with at the moment is um, they have like 60 percent of all students were um, like international students. Mm-hmm. And since COVID, that means 60 percent of all income of universities is just gone. You know, in a in a in a fortnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the moment that happened, and all these um, overseas universities said, um, "We, uh, you know, are not going to send our students anywhere at the moment because of COVID." Um, all of these Australian universities have realised that they actually weren't ever secure because, like, the economic model that the government um, ascribed to them was never sustainable to begin with, right? Uh, because I think it's that thing where. A lot of times people like to think capitalism or um, uh, like, you know, uh, classical liberalism or whatever will fix fix anything. You know, if you if you leave, like if you just run it like a business, well, the best business will succeed or whatever. But the problem with that is like the moment you start saying that something like, you know, intellectual rigor or something can be sort of commodified, um, that leads to like, you know, what, what every like sort of capitalist institution does, which is like you try to... Um, keep the quality as high as you can, but lower the price. But if the price starts to lower, you can drop the quality a little bit and over time, just get junk. Right. Right. Um, and I think like, it's kind of interesting that, um, these universities in Australia are sort of having a bit of a moment where, um, you know, like Australia has, um, the hex debt scheme, which is like, you know, you know how like in America, people talk about free college and things like that. Like mm-hmm. in Australia, they have something similar. Um, which has like been stripped and like, uh, what would you call it? Like um, degraded ever since, and that's like kind of stripped down a bit, yeah. <laughs> well, like uh, you might have heard, like um, you know, this game's based on the Australian bushfires, right? Um, but you know, the moment it came up, we found it with COVID, and it's because like the neoliberalism that felt with neoliberalism fucked up with COVID. It's the same neoliberalism that denies both exist. If crisis happened with like advertising and political speech and like, you know, pop culture stuff, you know, like how, 
and it's very clear how neoliberalism would respond. It would try to downplay it and make it make some people like because I'm not sure how familiar people are with like what neoliberalism is because oftentimes I think the sort of like smooth brain like political take is that like liberal is left wing, which that's not necessarily what I'm saying. Like so, just a classical liberal idea around it was like leave people alone and they'll come up with the best solution, right? Which which sounds pretty logical, right? Oh, you, you give people money and like no restrictions to do anything and they'll come up with the best solution. Yeah, that worked, but it's what led to social liberalism, which was, okay, we came up with the best solution, but now the people who got in first are now at the very top and there's literally no way to like for anyone new coming in or like the bottom 10% uh, or you know what I mean? To, to grow from that. So, 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 so what happened around that was like, that's where like a lot of the Marxist stuff comes into as the, you, you know, like with these bushfires, the idea was that, um, no one gave a little fuck about them until they started to reach the cities, right? In terms of, um, like in terms of news coverage, people are affected. But on top of all that, it was like the, um, Scientists had been saying for twenty years, "This is gonna, this is what's gonna happen if you keep, uh, you know, doing like the global warming stuff, right? Like, like with the trends we're seeing, analytical data of things like when um safe time to do burn off is getting like shorter, and like, uh, you know, the the temperatures are getting hotter every summer. And things. um, scientists had been saying this for twenty years, like, and the time to act was then. Um, so what ends up happening then is because neoliberalism's really good at making people. And that's what's happened with this climate change with COVID as well. The idea that um good at, at, at sort of abstracting the discussion. Yeah, yeah. Like like even debating the Ben Shapiro's of the world, but it's like that's even in and of itself like a waste of like it's a distraction as well, you know, because no longer about the Yeah, well it's like and, and isn't that just like a fucking shame, you know? Because like I, I honestly like I think it's good they're doing that, but it's like um that's the huge problem with this thing, you know? Um, people can't just be a, like, look at the actual um, reality. It's, like, it's ridiculous that we even have to have this debate to begin with, right? Um, and, and, like, the same thing happened with COVID when it came to things like, uh, you know, the, the, the same reaction of, um, is it even real? Or it's China's fault? Like, you know, all these moot points, you know, where it's, like, in America, you've got, like, what is it? Uh, for we just uh, crested over four hundred thousand deaths. Fucking hell! Like, yeah, you know what I mean. And no one's like usually when these discussions are being had. Um, very often that you know point is 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 shifted away in face of things like um, you, you know, oh well, it's China's fault and we need to tax China or you know, like or, or it's stupid stuff like that where it ends up being like um, the really like. I guess ignoring the problem. So that's why, like, with the game, the idea was okay, let's see neoliberalism's response to something that is a gigantic, like, squid monster that you've seen multiple times. And I don't, have you played the DLC? I have not, although I, I watched a fair bit of it and uh, listened to a few discussions. I, I, I know the, the general arc of it, yeah. So, like, with the DLC, in one of the first levels, the idea is you can see your sort of, like, right wing uh, talk show guys like you know steven crowder or like one of them's a one of them's a uh like furry with its arms crossed that's got like a real <laughs> smug and um you know the idea is that they're trying to say like this is not a big big deal like um uh like for example the furry's got a video and it's called the problem with kaiju body counts and it's that whole idea that 
You know. Well, these people were already going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, their their their, their <laughs> thing was they're saying body counts of the kaiju, so they're saying well, because like the the military is being less effective against them, which means like they're killing less of them. They're like, well, obviously, if you're killing less of them, it means there's like less to kill, right? Um, you know, it's similar to that 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 stupid discussion around the, COVID, where people are trying the, to say, if you um, test more, uh, yeah, if you test more, you'll find more, more, right? <laughs> um, and, and you know, you've got things like, for example, the um, the, the Stephen Crowder type saying stuff like, um, uh, you know, oh, why 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 am I less qualified than a kaiju scientist? They're just like overpaid zookeepers, you know. Uh, uh, I've 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 looked at the science just as much, and it happened just as much in my life. Like you know what I mean? Like just that. Yeah. Like like for me, it was that whole idea of um, you have these people who have literally no experience in the social sciences uh, sciences coming into that space and being like, well, I someone who has just browsed on the internet and googled my own responses, you know, to to find like to confirm my own biases. I'm just as smart as a uh, you know feminist professor who's been on the thing for 20 years and looked at all the data. You, you know what I mean? Like, and so like for me, it was kind of like some of that stuff is a little bit on the nose, but like it, it's part of how this thing works at the moment. You know, like the game. Um, sorry, <laughs> backing up a bit. The game also is like <laughs> cyberpunk in sort of nature, and like part of the reason um I chose to make it sort of in the cyberpunk stuff is like. I believe it was Mike Pondsmith um, who said this idea of, of the of the cyberpunk tabletop, yeah, of, of like yeah. the cyberpunk tabletop and and stuff like that, where he said this idea of like, um, if you can see like, I think it, he said this idea of like a, a a mirror to your society, that's a really good cyberpunk, right? Um, now, without going too much into twenty seventy seven, um, the, the 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 thing I wanted to do with this game was to make it a cyberpunk about right now. Yeah, what's going on right now in terms of like why why is fucking society so shit and that, right? and that was one of my my biggest frustrations i i'm almost finished with cyberpunk 2077 is that it it, it feels like a game that is just way too ref, referential of the 80s or like what our our concept of cyberpunk in the 80s would have been um uh in terms well, of like, that's the thing like cyberpunk in the 80s was very good at critiquing the 80s yeah it was like the reaganism of the era and yeah and the the neon well, like the steroid filled and... machismo of like you know arnie and rambo and all that yeah and then like you see the you know, you know what i mean um you, you know like the thing i kind of think which for me when i think about that new cyberpunk game is like it's about identity right like essentially that's the main crux of the i guess the like the themes in terms of you know the identity between like v and um uh johnny but it's like identity or the discussion people are having on identity at the moment is not necessarily that like uh one which is about like i guess the self-fulfilling like you know i'm an individual thing it's more about like um you know the identity of things like uh like lgbt people and stuff like that who are you know coming to terms with like you know how they're treated in society but also like starting to know themselves and things like that mm. and I, I just feel like it's it's very interesting to me that they chose that as a theme but then like you know you had all these scandals that popped out that were all things where you missed the point of like what identity means to begin with you know what i mean like um like like the, the transgender the, the, representation and yeah well like the, uh you know, you know like one of the things um, people found in, I think, the save file was, like, you have a uh, body gender and brain gender, um, which I think, yeah. like, that misses the point of what that 
like concept of gender in terms of identity is or that is referring you're, um, to that that your relationships are restricted uh, strictly due to um, I think your physical uh, like sexual representation like if you have a masculine or a feminine body but like nothing is impacted by voice or vice versa one of the like, yeah, yeah. A, a weird like well why does this matter but this doesn't matter and and mm. it, it's fine to me that like you know a, a character in a game is allowed to be you know straight or gay and I, and I like that some of the characters can say like hey I'm sorry I'm just not into what you are but uh, it, it seemed unnecessarily restrictive in the sense of like well I I, I well, should be able to I think is like with the idea of cyberpunk it's about being able to change your body with like all the cyber enhancements and stuff I think to me it's really weird that a game like Skyrim can come out where you can change your entire character after you've you know made them yeah but this game locks you in based on what your initial like even with things just like haircuts and stuff right yeah I, because like i, I was I, so I, upset after i locked that in, and i was like what yeah me too because <laughs> my 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 idea because i played a bit of it but i just couldn't keep playing because i think the game sort of soft locked progress on me and i was like well, i don't want to restart i've played enough of this to not know it to know that i'm not yeah. really enjoying it and like the, the thing i was sort of thinking with my character was like okay i'm gonna be a street fighter and like as i you know finish big fights i'm gonna get more and more tattoos on my character you know what i mean like i was i was authentically trying to play it like an rpg and i think that's why i was also pretty let down as well but like the the thing around that was like um the like the 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 the, the like the thing i, I kind of thought which was like that'd be really interesting would be like what if you actually had to do missions where you had to change your entire body you know what i mean like mm -hmm. cyber cyber like you had to s completely transplant your entire body into something else because that's like as i said like when i was younger i used to play a lot of games and not necessarily finish them i'd always sort of think of my own internal like what was the ending going to be and stuff like for me when i saw cyberpunk i i thought of a lot of ideas around like how that could go but i, I don't think it's really going to go anywhere near that like it's it feels as you said like very antiquated to like 80s and and sort of traditional cyberpunk ideas around that like you, you know you kind of remind me of um yeah i i can only assume you've like watched ghost in the shell uh and the show yes. and i i think of like one of my favorite episodes from i think it's the first season is when uh a, a, a an ai tank is being driven by the yeah, ghost yeah, the of a former worker who died and he's on his way to his parents and uh like the long and short of it is he wants to like send one last message to his mom and dad for better or worse and uh uh yeah the idea like and that's where stuff like even with um the major in ghosts in the shell uh she occasionally uh completely adopts a new body sometimes like of a child because her uh original body got damaged or something and uh it it, it is it is fascinating in a very not not body horror but just in a like well what is the self kind of examination yeah, like, like it leads to really interesting questions and i think like that that's another thing i really like with the idea of like cyberpunk is you can really ask these very like um like like questions that i guess are really relevant to either like i guess a really philosophical topic but you're able to explore them with like no longer looking at it in just a hypothetical because you can actually do something with it you know what i mean like you can actually see what that will will turn into mm -hmm. um you, you know like with with the idea of um cyberpunk stuff i remember thinking about this stuff in like 2012 when that first came out and it was the idea of what if cyberpunk shit was like given the same commercial value as like you, you know like because in 2012 we were all sort of um talking about like 
you know social media had just started to really boom and you had like you know the iphones and stuff like that coming out where it was this really interesting i guess techno space hey where like everyone was sort of getting upgraded not necessarily like physically but everyone was getting like switched on and and plugged into the internet right Mm. um you know and for me like if i think about if that game was to like come out in that year it'd be an interesting thing to talk about now but like the thing i kind of think about now is what if you could like um use a computer virus to install an ideology into someone right like that's how i would probably handle a cyberpunk game right now right that i think is the uh (laughs) the the, (laughs) perhaps i don't know if you played this mission um did you did you meet the uh politician and his wife in cyberpunk no um so i i I got to the point where i couldn't progress past which was i uh helped um takamura get into the uh factory uh and i think yeah it glitched out because all the guards didn't even act like i was there Um, oh weird i good lord i this the game that keeps on giving but uh yeah like without without honestly yeah um Sorry, Without yeah. spoiling it for you uh, or other listeners, um, uh, you learn that, like you say, uh, an ideology has been planted inside someone, and it it is it is a a perversion of that person's you know um, will and and self identity, and um, that was arguably the mission where like the the most. It, 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 it's not like Felt that different kind of thing in cyberpunk like it's not terribly fresh but it was like done pretty well up until the end it kind of just the the mission resolves itself in a way that felt unsatisfying and uh but yeah well, that i'm sure other people well, what i mean it. is kind of like you know with the QAnon stuff right right yeah um i always think about that because the main targets of QAnon are people who all told us as kids not to believe anything you read online um, exactly yeah, and, and, and <laughs> our parents now. yeah um that thing there to me is like that i feel like that would be a really good way of explaining it where it's this idea that um it's virality um in terms of like i don't think it's the kind of thing where um it's not necessarily like malicious in terms like okay sorry I need to talk this really specifically because I don't want people to think I'm a QAnon supporter. Right. Um, the problem with QAnon is that you have all these people who had these deep-seated anxieties to begin with and it's fed them in a way where they're able to be easily manipulated by some idiot with a keyboard who just says a bunch of random words on 4chan. Um, you know, and, and like with this like parlor and Gabin stuff, they're all just reposted with these long um, interpretations that these, you know people who who want to believe that there is like you know an evil government um shadow organization in the background like they're all like uh like like the virus itself of like QAnon, like the meme um like if we're going to talk you you know like my idea is kind of that idea of like if you know sort of like what memetics is and stuff it's that idea that like the information that's passed on to each generation can like um uh, like change similar to genes like it can be passed on perfectly it can mutate or it can like die off um the thing i think which is interesting about like the QAnon stuff is like the um like the information that's being passed on to these boomers um is being interpreted by them and then it's being like this selective like uh 
what, what would you have it like their their um, own personal like anxieties and worldview? Yeah, it's, are being it's translated onto, onto it. well, how how, yeah. how does this uh, how does this fit into my worldview? Because um, I I think that the the most effective thing about like the QAnon psychos is that they actually believe it, not that they've been like mass manipulated. Because like the the you know for someone like you and me, we look at I hope so. We look at QAnon and we go, okay, this is um, some idiot LARPer online who's like, uh, you know, like this doesn't fool me at all. Like I'm, I've seen through this kind of stuff. I've seen people do this on forums before. Whereas like the, I, like the thing I think of, like if I was going to make a cyberpunk game with this idea that it's a virus that changes your ideology is that it's like, um, wasn't made, I guess, necessarily nefariously. Like it could be, but it's this idea that like, when it spreads to people, they don't even really know that they've got it until it's like kind of um, changed them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, because like, or, or the idea is that it like assimilates into them and you can't find it kind of thing. Because like, I, I feel um, this cyberpunk stuff's a really good way of like talking about this stuff with like a, w- without the like um, layers that we often get with like political discourse that ends up being like, you can't say that because uh, you're generalizing about someone or you're, you're, you know, you're not giving my side of the story. Whereas like, I feel like with the cyberpunk stuff, you can really just like show, you know, this is all deliberate and you can you know, uh, also cyberpunk is like really good at um, exaggerating things to say like, here is what the semi-logical conclusion or perhaps even ridiculous conclusion of what if QAnon took over the world what if uh Reaganism took over the world what if social media took over the world you know yeah well like I mean just to to turn back to the game for a sec like one of the ideas I had was um in the base game you can see like giant robots are part of the society now because they're fighting against kaiju right Mm -hmm. and it's in, in the DLC the idea is to kind of like look at um you know what is the underlying assumption that comes with like uh that in a lot of like anime and stuff you know when you have these child soldiers in anime that are fighting for you know usually against quote-unquote rebels and stuff well like i I think there's more to it than that if you look at like what what is that as like a vehicle for fascism like um you know when we talk about uh like people often use like examples from the 20th century of like hitler youth and that but even today you've got you know the like young 16 year old trump poster who's doing you know their bit for the um the like proud the fascist boys sort of yeah like, like the proud boys or, or whatever fascist organization they're sort of um aligned with right in the dlc the idea is that you go to the hangar where these mechs are and they're um you know all these young kids piloting them right like some of the sort of the ideas that you see in like evangelion and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like the idea is to kind of look at that in terms of like hey, this stuff's always in this media. What if we actually, like, really explored, like, what does that sort of mean? And, like, in that level, you'll see on, like, posters and stuff, it's got a lot of the really, like, fascist rhetoric with, like, telling the kids, like, hey, if you die, it'd be the, the best thing ever because, like, you'd go down, like, fighting for your nation and, and all this stuff. And then, like, at the end of the DLC, and this is the giant spoiler that um, if, if you want to enjoy the DLC and, and you don't want to be spoiled, like, the... the final level of the dlc is a protest and um what ends up happening is uh it's quite peaceful to begin with and then um the like un police call in one of the peace sentinel the the giant robots and they like 
they they essentially open fire on the protesters and bash them and stuff like uh and the idea around that was to show like you know um like what's the kind of like conclusion i guess or, the, uh, the the robot like, like looms over you um, yeah well like and... like for me it was that idea of um this is a thing that you've been told in the base game is there for your protection and now they're using it against you right yeah um it it calls to mind too that um like with the capital riots here that we had in the u.s on the six uh actually i watched a, a fascinating um, Washington Post did like a, a 14 minute video detailing minute to minute how the rioters uh, pushed into the halls of Congress. And um, in the aftermath of that, you get the typical like neoliberal writers, um, uh, your Chris Silizas of the world uh, saying like, oh, wow, you know, our, our cops were obviously uh, uh, under equipped to deal with these people we should give them more and it's like no oh, yeah. because those or, or, or like you have the the people who like a few months ago and had put a bunch of tags in their profile uh now saying how good the cops are you know what i mean like right. when months ago they were were like doing the performative like um anti-cop rhetoric i guess um you, you know like like it's this whole thing of and you, once again it's all like about distracting from the main point which is that like there's a fucking problem with the cops here like you know that the problem when people say like defund the police or um stuff like that is that the problem is is because the cops are policing themselves and there's a bunch of like you know what i mean like um like the thing i kind of think about is these cops you know we've all seen the videos where the cops are letting them into the building yeah or they're um uh you know posing for selfies with the protesters or like for example um one of the things i saw recently which made me go fuck me was like um you had these uh, i don't know if you follow unicorn riot but they they released this thing where um th there was a map that came out recently called the parlor map and what it was is all the geotags of the day of the capitol hill before that site got taken offline were plotted on a map with the usernames um which is like another really interesting like it's because it's a huge invasion of privacy i guess but yeah. like you know it's to find out who went in there to take these videos like which far-right groups and you can see with some of them because it's the actual account for the thing but one of the videos that they were showing and talking about was um the like cops walking out single file down through the protesters with kind of like surrendering letting them in um and it's this kind of thing where the um the the like you can hear someone in the background saying okay that's it the, the capital's ours um you know what i mean whereas like and, and like yeah or uh people people shouting we're coming for you nancy and uh yeah uh, like, saying, like, like sorry go ahead the, yeah well it just is um very interesting how quickly people are like willing to i guess you, you know like the message gets a little bit like fuzzy um, but I think that's probably due to these people probably not having the, um, like they're not, they don't necessarily have like the, um, understanding to, to begin with. Cause I feel like, um, 2020 was a year where we, where a lot of people got to finally see what the hell was actually going on with all this stuff. Because like, like an example I think of is in Australia, cause Australia's media is all Rupert Murdoch owned. Cause in Australia, if you're an Australian citizen, you can own 90% of the media 
And if you're an American citizen living in America, you can own 50% of the media. Rupert Murdoch's a dual citizen between Australia and America, right? So he owns pretty much everything. Um, the thing I always come back to, and I referenced it in the game in terms of one of the final bits in the um, DLC there, was um, Channel 7 News went live to uh, one of their reporters who was sitting reporting on um, the Lafayette Square or Lafayette Park stuff. And the chevron down the bottom of the page of, or the, down the bottom of the, the news thing said race riots, right? Because it's, it's all right-wing news in Australia, right? And they want to say it's a race riot, okay? And then, because they're going to this lady live, the cops rush the protesters and they start bashing her on live TV. And she's screaming for her life. <laughs> um, you know, it's that sort of thing where I think many Australians who probably would have called it a race right before then finally understood what was going on. They went, oh, it's actually not what that is. That's like, it's very clearly like this, you know, fascist bully boy stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, like um, to, to connect it back to Umarangi a bit, that is that too is like the, the power of the photography in the game is that mm. yeah even though you are sort of um you're not bound but like you know your job is to get a set number of pictures of uh w whatever that client is asking for sometimes it's a picture of uh, uh a a uh a carbine rifle a carbine rifle or something like that or a bit of graffiti or just something or cats and and birds and whatnot and even though you are um uh kind of self-restricting yourself during those photos like you you have to get what the client wants of course it doesn't stop you from necessarily uh uh trying to frame those photos in a way um to also show like what else is going on around the world like capturing the the giant text on a wall that is guarding that particular street you know uh evangelion style and uh or or you know it, it took me a minute but in the um uh, the street uh, level, which I think is like level four, going off to the side and wondering like, oh, what's this over here? Oh, it's a robot hand and there's the pilot like sitting smoking a cigarette. Like, how can I frame this in a way to get my job done? But also uh, uh, a, a photo is much more powerful than almost any word that I, a biased person, could say. And photos can have bias too, right? But uh yeah like you say with that example of people finally saw a i assume white woman being beaten, yes, yeah, be, yeah. beaten the hell by uh cops during a a protest well i haven't seen the full unedited um segment of that news like in terms of i don't know what she was doing 30 minutes before this footage happened but i would assume that she would have probably been playing ball with the idea that it was a race riot. Like she would have been reporting sure. how the station would have said it, which was, um, you know, you got to cover it as if, um, you know, it's, it's black people, um, you know, do, like scare our audience essentially. Right. Like, cause that's what most of this get the, um, get the, the building on fire and not the like thousand people peacefully protesting. Yeah. Or like, or like, um, get the building on fire not the reason it happened like yeah. don't don't report about um george floyd's murder don't you know don't talk to the the people grieving in the street and stuff like that um don't examine the structural uh yeah. discrimination that sparked this yeah so so like to, to answer your question um 
you know, p- part of the game's sort of um, photography elements is about trying to get players to look at things without telling them, right? Right. Um, and that's sort of where the, like, Where's Wally or Ice... I think it's Where's Waldo in America. But no, it is Waldo, Waldo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, the Where's Wally or Ice Spy um, mode of gameplay, which is here's your objectives and just take a photo of them how you can, right? Um, you, you know, the first level of the game is essentially the, 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 the best trick in terms of um, what I wanted to do was lull, say, it, like, like players into a false sense of security but put it in a way where if they went back there with eyes that could actually see what was going on they would understand it so like when the game came out a lot of people referred to it as like jet set radio meets pokemon snap and even though that's kind of like it is in some way a little bit like what the game is but it's not necessarily what it ends up being towards the end right um i'm glad that people put that in there because when new players come in and they expect it to be jet set radio and pokemon snap Hopefully they are like um, uh, put into a space and they, are, as I said, like given a false sense of security. Like most players, when they play the first level, they don't think about or they don't see the giant wall around the city. Mm-hmm. They don't see the giant spent bullet casings lodged into the side of the building. Um, they don't see uh, or they don't second think about why some jets flew overhead and out into sea. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like it's there. And it's the kind of thing where once they start to just slowly get little bits of information over and over again, the idea is that, like, that stuff will become visible. Um, You know, like, you're talking about the robot hand bit, right? I've seen streams where people didn't pick up on any of that stuff till level five. Because level five is where um, the, the, like, moment of violence happens, you know? Like, it's where the, um, the, the, the whole thing blows up in your face. Um, you're you're a few hundred yards from like a giant squid yeah in the dark and yeah i uh that, that for me it's that that whole thing of um okay people don't want to see what's happening with climate change fine you can ignore the whole thing but when it happens you don't get to ignore it anymore yeah you know and, and so those players who were ignoring because they couldn't see it right which is what neoliberalism does it makes you can't see what's happening around you um once they get to level five, it's, you can't ignore it anymore. It's here, right? And then it takes that shift of now you're on the train and you're going through what is like the remains of an entire city or, you know, where like a sort of end has happened before. And then, you know, you get to a subway and you can see people trying to evacuate, but you can also start to see like a lot more posters and stuff that are pointing to the fact that this is not necessarily... um like it's happened before um you can see that this has become a very commonplace thing in this space you know uh people talking about a first wave and a second wave right mm-hmm. um or, or, it, and um, mirrors mirrors the yeah. real world so well too because I, I i think of um uh of course the the characters your friends in the game you know you're, you're a group of like young people who uh like typical young people things like you know spraying graffiti skateboarding dancing uh uh, taking silly photos and i i i it it mirrors so well the way like i i wake up this past week and like all right 2021 here we go uh and i'm thinking of like ooh, i want to buy a new mask on etsy and (laughs) like how weird how weird is that that i have now become uh accustomed to like 
well, it's been a month or two since I bought a mask. I should up, I should update my wardrobe kind of thing. Like how, uh, and, and of course, you know, people like me, I've, I've been inside other than grocery stores, um, for almost a year now, but there are other people who, yeah, like in that DLC, of course, there's a, a level where, uh, more wealthier folks, uh, or just perhaps more ignorant folks are plugging into VR headsets and, and enjoying, um, entertainment. They're able to ignore it. Yeah. Like, like, um, the thing I always think of it, like the reason that's in there is, um, they're able to ignore everything going on, usually because of wealth. And like the idea with that game is it's, well, we're in the underground city, right? Like we're safe from everything that happens up top. So like, and you see with the, um, I don't know if you've really seen like the TV stations and stuff downstairs versus upstairs, like downstairs, it is, um, you know very brightly lit people very like smiley on tv and nonchalantly saying things like oh the um anti-un terror cell we're going to try all the miners as adults it's going to be awesome we're going to film it and, and whatever right um the the idea around that is like w- when we've seen covid or you know the bushfires happen it's always those people who are able to ignore it first uh, like or or ignore the the aftermath of it first like i believe i saw something this year where the trump organization had it held a gala dinner um and were able to just completely behave in a way as if nothing had had, had happened that year right yeah. and i think believe this was after um i believe this was after the uh gee man news goes so quick but yeah. like he'd lost at that point he'd lost the election um he'd been t- told to fuck off out of court well um, I th- you're probably thinking of like there were there were several of course they had a, an event yeah. for the new supreme justice supreme court justice which was itself a super spreader event and i think i think how trump got the the covid virus uh in the first place and then had to go to uh, the hospital for like two days but uh and there were there were other galas yeah where it's like oh wow there there are you might see a few people in masks but like by and large yeah it's most people ignoring it and saying like yeah it's fine even even if i get sick like i have access to incredible health care you know one, one thing i always think around with games is um no totally Mm. I believe that the serious subject matter is where all the serious games like it was this idea of looking at like why are we still like debating whether or not to go all in with this stuff like i can think of a couple of games that came out that have these um very topical like uh backgrounds to the to the designs like um i believe the the new watchdogs game was like very much a uh look at post-brexit or 
um, you know, you had a fascist coup of of Britain, right? Or, or the, some, the weird thing that. about Watch Dogs, though, was that, it, like, yes, you have a, a class that is rising up against the controlling class, but the the game, to my understanding, I, I played a decent amount of it, but never certainly never finished it. It, it never interrogates that, like, hey, a that group could only come to power if um if a certain number of people in society were happy to see that you know we're happy to see the subjugation of like the, the uh, thing i think that game because I've, I've seen a bit of it is like if you look at its underlying assumptions about what it's trying to say it's like uh okay one of the plot points is there's fascists but the real bad guys are the 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 even worse hacker group who blew up a couple of bridges Right. right like the the anti-fascists are worse than the fascists right like that's what i interpreted from what i'd seen of it um from from what i understand the like ending of the game was that the hackers were able to expose the fascists as being fascists and then the fascists resigned immediately and britain was saved right which to me does not really sound plausible <laughs> in this current situation yeah. right like th- these fascists for the last four years have been been quote unquote exposed and they've able to just say no, nah, it didn't happen. And no one's been able to hold him to account. Like a friend of mine, when we were talking about this joke to me, he said, oh, all the game was missing was a um, quick time event to vote them out. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it, it just feels um, when, when they, these, um, you know, stories happen and they say, we're going to touch on Brexit or something. And then they walk all the way up to the edge and then turn around and don't actually engage with the like, stuff in a serious way to me i find it kind of offensive because it's kind of like when um we're talking about like this stuff you know like don't dumb it down like like the thing i kind of really am getting a little bit frustrated with with a lot of these um uh experiences or games or whatever is like that they um oftentimes will take like a sort of left-wing concept um and then they'll remove all the leftist stuff out of it like or they'll um only talk about it to a certain point so that it still sells well and doesn't seem radical Mm -hmm. right like the the thing i think is like a couple years ago you had the dan the the david cage android game right and it was a game which like had uh the sort of like 20th century aesthetic of civil rights era stuff underground railroad uh of, yeah. of the robots and a a like quote-unquote like racial uprising yeah yeah well like i found that really offensive for a couple of reasons one was like okay you're taking martin luther king and all these um you know predominantly like black civil rights things you know like you know riding at the back of the bus and stuff like that and you're just making all the characters white okay that's that's one thing to talk about but the other thing was like they removed all of the sacrifice and like um nuance to all of that stuff like the um you know to me it was really offensive that the um conclusion of that game was all the androids had to do was do a peaceful march and yeah some of them got shot but at the end then everyone said it's okay for androids to be androids or something um you know and and the android racism was solved forever it's like if we just show them if we just show them how good we are like no that's not (laughs) well like how fucking naive do you have to be to think that like especially with um that game came out after like 2015 or like with this black lives matter stuff but but also that like 18 yeah yeah like well after this stuff has not changed since the like time of like like it started way before the civil rights era um 
but the stuff that happened in the civil rights era didn't go away after a couple of legislation was signed um this stuff continued through to now um like for, for me in in the game the idea was to say this stuff actually feels eerily similar to like what my tubino like my ancestors did um at gate par right the, the final level of the dlc takes place beneath gate par right because the idea is gate par is a historic site of resistance right but it's this idea that um the um at gate not gate par but a few weeks after gate par because gate par was a victory for us the british army decided to just break all their own rules um and like slaughter people right like like slaughter people kids and and and, and old people and stuff like that mm. and the idea is that the um the same rule breaking is what you see now with the police in these nation states which is we are willing to break our own rules if it means that we can still do this right like and and for me it's that idea that um you know i'm not talking about individuals in this case i'm talking about the institutions that sort of do this stuff so in this case the british army um they ceded their humanity at that point like they they decided that they're not going to follow their own rules they're going to do this all out of like a, a thing right um in the same case it's like these cops who have decided that um we you know won't respect the peaceful like protests you know we'll we'll stand with the protesters an hour earlier and, and kneel with them and then an hour later we'll come back and we'll bash the shit out of them right um this is the kind of thing that like i, I guess to me just shows the depravity of it like it's this whole thing of they're willing to break their own rules and for what right and and that what i think um like it's I don't necessarily have the answer to that, but it's something I wanted to explore with the DLC, you know, mm-hmm. what, 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 why are they doing this? Um, it, it's easy to imagine a, a class of people in the world of Umarangi generation that uh, uh, there's a class of people who do genuinely like see the peace sentinels as like, th- this is a tool to keep us safe and it would never harm yeah. us, but to a different class of people that is a tool of oppression or, or could, could evolve from one to the other. Um, well, like the the in the um first level of the DLC, the Peace Sentinel, you, you know, you see that in this club where the rich people are ignoring what's going on around them, that's where the Peace Sentinel officers are hanging out. You know, yeah, because because it's this whole thing where um they're never going to see the you, you know they're never going to get the fucking Peace Sentinel called on them, right? Um, you know, you're never going to ha- like like isn't it hilarious in a way that it took a like storming of the capitol building and like sending congressmen into like uh what are they um like safe what are they called like where they lock people in safe rooms and and safe rooms and stuff for um the like these these like fucking white nationalists and that just to get a little slap on the wrist to say um can you please not do that like like i remember seeing a bit of footage where it was um these guys walking into the capitol building um and and the guy who, who's like the, the police officer who's there is kind of like um just being really meek with them you know what i mean and it's just this whole thing of um with with the like stuff that happens in the game the idea is to show yeah there is this um like for me it was about looking at what are the four um i guess behaviors like or what are, what are four themes of fascism to explore right mm-hmm. the first level is about looking at like um what would you call it like tolerance or um just sort of like sitting back 
to fascism, like not necessarily um, pushing back at all. Like, you know, the reason it takes place in a gamer's palace, right? It's because we see this stuff in games all the time, right? Like we see the the sort of fashy rhetoric land into like um, taglines of games, like um, the the numerous what, posters littered about like advertising yeah. gun games and whatnot. Well, well, like for example, one of the ones that made me have a good laugh when I made it was you've got the fake Doom poster. And the Doom guy has a white nationalist haircut and some sunnies. And he's also throwing up the OK hand sign. <laughs> and the little tagline below it is some reviewer saying, finally, a game without politics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the idea is this stuff's all in there. Like, we all know this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like when Doom Eternal uh, dropped its initial trailer where it made, you know, jokes about immigration or minorities or whatever. And then you saw, um, y- you know little fascists online saying like finally a game where i can play as a white christian male and i can do destroy the degenerates you know what i mean yeah Uh, but but also like we don't just see it in the sort of naked stuff of that we see it in like games where whenever communism or socialism is talked about it's that stupid red scare shit you know where it's all just about mother russia mother russia you know um or or like as i was talking about with the david cage stuff it's this idea that you take leftist ideas and you rinse them like you you take the leftist shit out of them and then you try to claim them sort of as this um thing that anyone could do or the 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 ubisoft uh parable of far cry 5 you have a a crazed cult in colorado uh like bathed in religious like christian iconography but it turns out they're just all on drugs uh yeah it it has nothing to do with what they actually um there's always the sort of like let's demonize to say like left-wing stuff like communism or socialism but then when it comes to fascists in games man you can give them every fucking out in the book like you could be as you said they were just on drugs or they were just crazy or they were actually just a good by being controlled by a demon you know what i mean yeah like it's this whole thing where whenever a fascist group is portrayed like that they're always given a um an out whereas like you know what i mean a redemption like, and, path yeah yeah or, or like just a, a reason for for the um the the like characters to or, or you know what i mean the, the person to walk away thinking well i guess they weren't actually that bad you know what i mean like yeah. um if we set aside our differences yeah 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 um which like to me as well like thinking about that um that that far cry 5 game um, and look, I, I want everyone to know this is not the bash Ubisoft podcast or anything, but like <laughs> the the thing about that Far Cry Five game, which made me just sort of go like, um, you could have done so much with this, was like, uh, you literally have a character who's like the, um, you know, like the Oath Keeper, like dude, you know, like the guy who's an ex-soldier, he's a little bit on the edge. Um, He's always talking about this whole like wolf pack shit, um, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's no yeah. uh, like all the um, reasons you get like psychos like that is replaced with this like you know comic book shit where it's I had to eat my own friend and the toughest survive and you, you know what I mean. Whereas like the that like apocalypse comes... now kind of like the the dramatization of of trauma when it's 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 well, well like for example these all these um like gun psychos you got in america are these like um they're, they're most of them are like get into that space not from necessarily the trauma that they had overseas it's when they come back 
and they think they're fucking invincible, right? Because mm-hmm. they've just spent years doing stuff and being told, like, you know, you're a badass or whatever. And they come back and someone checks them on it, right? They, they'll, they'll say something like, uh, sir, you can't, um, you can't yell at this trans person. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they get this, this huge fucking shakeup about it, right? Like, like the thing I think around with all that stuff is most of those groups, um, you know, when they talk about like, we're going to, uh, we're, we're here for freedom of speech or the constitution and stuff. They throw all that out, like immediately once they're actually like challenged by the state on it. Like, um, you know, we saw with these, like, you know, cop bootlickers, you, you know, with the capital stuff, right? The moment the cops started doing their job of, like, just lightly pushing back on them, they were all ready to throw all the Blue Lives Matter shit under the bus. Because, like, it was all a fucking farce to begin with, mm-hmm. with, like, uh, it, it, it's, like, like it was all a thing of the only reason we're Blue Lives Matter is because they, like, kill black people for us, right? Um and it's it's at times like that you wish people like the the people who as I I read in some other interview you know you uh you made the game in a sense for people who don't care uh about uh, the world around them in in short or long term and uh it's funny to see yeah those people like at the Capitol riot um coming up against police and realizing that like you know uh, throwing down that veil of like you know respect the blue uh and and trying to you know kill it killing one cop in a in a in a act of violence and uh but they also don't realize that like hey those police if it came down to it if you were on the other side of that like a cop is still not your friend no matter who you are uh they're, they're only your friend if you're abiding by whatever um uh, power structure uh you are adhering to but Vess, I want to make sure I'm being respectful of your time too. Um, well, if I can just mention just yeah, what we're talking about there, and if we need to wrap up, we can. But like, uh, for me, um, in around 2014, 2015, around there, I was incredibly ignorant about most of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that I wanted to make this for people who don't get it or don't seem to understand it yet in the short term was because, like, in sort of 2014, 2015, um, is when like I know that you know you had this sort of uh like someone like me who was mainly just like a gamer and and um sat in that space of uh you know uh, why can't like like why can't they just make it all dlc free or you know like really stupid like really low sort of understanding of how a lot of stuff works um you know you obviously saw there was like the big like gamergate like let's try to insert politics now into it and for me that was my like i think first uh little look at what all this stuff is right but it was obviously because i was on a lot of these like forums and stuff i got the wrong interpretation when it first came out and if it wasn't for like one of my trans friends he said hey this shit that you're seeing right now is complete horseshit this is why and like i can like show you why it's like the people saying this stuff actually don't give a fuck um if it probably wasn't for them i probably would have been you know what i mean dragged down into that path that so many people have you know when we talk about like the the sort of uh when when i think 2014 2015 when a lot of that politics stuff got sort of uh injected into like gamer mindset right 
online with, with communities really beginning stuff. to infest. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. getting infested with all this right-wing circle jerks and stuff, right? Like, if it wasn't for one of my trans friends, I probably would have gotten sucked into that, right? Wow. And they they helped show me that, like, this stuff, you know, was 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 completely toxic to, to a lot of just, like, common sense and, and all this stuff, right? Um, my thing with this game was, like, because I knew that I probably would have gone down that path, um, I wanted to make a game that could at least, like, plant some seeds for some other people who might be in that space and not realize it. Because, like, one of the things that my friend showed me was that um, most of these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about, right? Like, they're, they're using these terms that they've heard the, the big kids use, like, like around this idea of liberal, right? But they, they still think liberal means left-winger. And, like, as that started to go on, I, I, I felt that, like, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've probably all been in this situation where you've seen friends sort of go down a certain path and you want to try and pull them out, but trying to pull them out gets too hard. All of a sudden you have to let them go kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I've seen, you know, cause I said, I, I sort of was on these, um, you know, gaming communities in 2014 and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you make friends, it's kind of that thing where, you, you know, some of them, you look at them now and you just say like, I, I can't um I, I i can't have a conversation without you without just like getting frustrated or whatever right because it's 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 so um injected in this space in such a like abrasive way you know like um you probably don't need to put this in the podcast if you don't want but i <laughs> no, it's okay. i've been thinking about this a lot because like to be honest, I, I have too, because I've been having a lot of the same kind of um, thoughts about my mother and like going going to therapy about it and uh, uh, the kinds of like, yeah, we, we have a lot in common and like there's a lot of connection there between us still, but there's a fundamental underlying um, difference in belief uh, that is uh, beginning to plague uh, every preconception I had about someone I love, right? Yeah, well, I, I guess the thing for me is... Um... You know, with this game, the idea is that uh, there's like three layers to it, you know? Like, there's a entry layer, which is like the Evangelion uh, Jet Set Radio stuff. Mm -hmm. The second layer is about, let's look at neoliberalism, honestly. And the third layer is like a Maori, you know, indigenous knowledge layer. Um, I feel like the way to get a lot of these people out of it is to just like plant some seeds that they can hopefully see um an issue with like 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 they'll they'll start to question their own stuff like I, I know this works because like one of the friends i had at the time we had a bit of an argument where i said jordan peterson was full of shit because he's not qualified to talk about any of this stuff he's a psychologist not a social scientist right and you know having that discussion with that person a couple of years later one of the things they brought up to me in a conversation was oh yeah you were right i could see that now and um, I, I think about that because it's like I hope like de-radicalization works and like part of I think what I wanted to do in how like the neoliberal stuff was presented in this game was also I guess in a way like de-radicalizing people to seeing that it's not about like when we're talking neoliberalism or left or right thing it's about there is a group of people who are fucking this up for everyone mm -hmm. um and if we don't like uh you know if, if 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 you're gonna like you know play ball for them then 
this is kind of what's going to happen. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that that's, that's honestly like the best way of looking at uh, a game like this is um, the, the beauty of games is that the experience is for the most part your own. Um, you can choose, and especially in a, a slightly freeform game like this, you can choose to explore or power through it as fast as possible. Take your time. Uh, I Like on that train level, I caught myself um, being like, I wonder if I can get outside of the train. And you know, lo and behold, I, I, I did. I got on top of it and uh, uh, taking in that site and like, you know, wondering what it all means. And uh, the, the, the ongoing struggle, of course, is that even myself, someone who's trying to, uh, you know, facilitate and spread discussions like this, I have my own um uh identity to tangle with and my biases and uh, my understanding of uh liberal or neoliberal or leftist politics and what kind of uh, role i've had to play in the perpetuation of one or the other mm. um so yeah no i i think that that was a a well said but i uh i want to ask you finally um you know you said you, you're interested in exploring um different topics in a similar way uh what what's next for you other than taking maybe a break uh, as all game developers <laughs> well, uh earn i i don't think i'll take a break um like i've got uh you know some ports to do for switch and that but the next game i've got lined up to make which i've done a bit of pre-production on and i think is achievable with what i can do is um it's going to be a sort of game which uh sort of looks feels and plays like a zelda 64 game um mm. or a nintendo 64 like adventure game and um without spoiling anything i want to sort of uh we often heard that term in games called world building um mm. i want to look at sort of a relationship between world building and nation building in a game um and sort of explore like i guess uh there's a concept in philosophy called ontology, which is like how you perceive reality kind of thing. Like, um, you know, like if you, if you thought I was going to fall every time you left outside your house, you'd like treat you know, the way you see the world very differently, right? Like you would, you would do things very differently. Mm. Um, or the, uh, the shadow on the wall, uh, tale, the, the person who's only ever seen shadows on the wall. That's, that's what a, a person is well, to them. But yeah, when they, walk around the rock like, finally the, yeah the thing i the thing i want to explore there. with this next game is kind of to look at um ontology in a way where it's like i want to use the um encyclopedic gaming knowledge most people have when they play video games because uh, like I, I think if you're gonna you know nintendo 64 like throwback you probably have i guess a bit of um knowledge around certain ideas with games like for example if i said um here's a whip and some uh uh you know holy water and you're gonna kill a vampire you would already have a pre-done assumption about what that means with like um you know like what what's the story going to be like you know because you, you've played castlevania or at least consumed the idea of castlevania mm. via osmosis you know because like i think um you know a lot of times people who are gamers um we have like I guess a um there's there's that like culture that you get through osmosis with games you haven't played like I haven't played fear 
but I know everyone talks about the AI in fear, right? Or they'll 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 talk about elements of of fear that mm. you, you know what I mean. Or um, you know, if someone talks about vampire, the masquerade, bloodlines, right? Um, they'll talk about that with you know a certain reverence that you know what I mean. Like you, there's always those those certain things that I think. And yeah, and you folks should absolutely play Umarani Generation. Um, definitely one of the best experiences I had all year. Uh, it, it is it is the perfect kind of game that lets you like like we've been discussing ad nauseum here. Kind of lets you figure it out for yourself and and possibly uh, uh, challenge yourself in a meaningful way. Uh, last thing I'll say is it's funny we we talked much earlier about that first level. You know, you kind of see, um, you, you don't see the high wall. You don't, you may or may not see the uh, high security walls uh, or some other stuff. And actually, I did not see the giant bullet casing. I, I looked at it. I looked at it dead on, but didn't realize it was a bullet casing until uh, a later level um, when you revisit that area. So I, I myself am learning to kind of reinterpret the spaces I exist in and the, the thoughts I have going into stuff like this. So uh, thank you so much, Vess, for uh, both your work on the game and for spending a big chunk of your time uh, talking about it. I, I hope that uh, your, your career is uh, long and very successful. <laughs> That's all art is, is uh, bullshit we love to to play. Uh, and folks, you can find The 1099 at The 1099 Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at J-O-S-E-P-H-K-N-O-O-P on Twitter. Uh, make sure to share the show, uh, subscribe if you like, uh, rate us, give us a review that helps us climb the charts. And uh, we will be having a couple different guests on in the near future. We'll be uh, talking to some QA folks. Uh, QA is uh, back in the news cycle again. What with uh, speaking of cyberpunk, haha. Uh, and we'll be talking to some folks in the world of QA to better understand that and uh, to better understand the role that QA plays in uh, games development. So I'm very excited about that. And of course, I hope you guys all stay safe and we will see you next time. Thank you again, Vess. We'll